All right, everybody, welcome back to the Agents of Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul. And I'm Eric. That's right, and we're back here with week two of our uh, Avengers month, I guess. It's basically going to equal out to four uh, episodes, pretty much a full month there. Yep. Um, so this is part two. We're going through all of Jonathan Hickman's, uh, well, not all of it, but we're going through a big chunk of Jonathan Hickman's Avengers run. Yeah, Hickvengers. Um, does that, Hickvengers, Does that yes. sound good? That's how it's commonly abbreviated online, I believe. <laughs> it doesn't quite have a ring. No, Hickvengers? No, it sounds like a hillbilly Avengers. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'd enjoy that. Yeehaw! <laughs> is that just Southern Bastards? <laughs> Might be. Not really, but um, it is good. Yeah, so we're taking over at book two, at least. We're kind of, we started out doing the first two episodes, kind of basically just covering the reprints that they came out with. Oh, yeah. Um, they're reprinting Hickman's Avengers right now. Um, I was going to say, so like you said... These are the only like physical that are out right now. Yeah, the, in the one we we just read today because yeah. I've been buying them as they come out. So we have the first two books of the newly collected Hickman Avengers. Yeah. Um. So far, only the first two are out of the recollection. Anyway, I mean it's been collected before. Okay. Um. But I, I'm I'm really liking these because my favorite way to read comic books is trade paperbacks. I'm not a huge fan of hardcovers myself. Yeah. Um, because I think they're annoying to read. It is a little annoying. Yeah, like, oh, where do I put my dust cover? Let me put this somewhere safe and then crack it open. And, and you can't, like, yeah. bend it back or anything. Like they look fancy, but, yeah, it is it is a bit of an inconvenience. Well, and you can't have them be, like, too large either. Like, a hard-covered yeah. large omnibus is, like, I have some of them, and I'll never <laughs> read them. Yeah, they're just bulky as shit. Yeah, like, it's like a tome. You're like, kaboom. Yeah, yeah for real, though. Um, So I, I really like these complete trade paperbacks. That's my favorite way to buy physical copies of books, where you can get, like, 15 or 20 issues in a trade paperback which works because you can have them bulkier because there's not a, a giant hardcover around it yeah definitely um so i'm definitely uh, i'm excited to get the rest of this like when it comes out all in trade is there a timetable for that no but so far they've been coming out every like couple months okay something like that so i don't expect the other one to be before next week or anything but oh i gotcha yeah so coming, uh, so we read these first two in physical. At least you did. I was reading it on online. Mm. Um, but next week we'll have to go all digital because those aren't collected yet in the new one. Yeah. If you're reading along, what we're basically doing is last week we read up until last week was a healthy mix of like Avengers and New Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, they they, they flip flop pretty much. But the reading order here gets a little strange because this book is pretty much all Avengers and no n- New Avengers. There's a little bit. Yeah, there's there's one I mean, issue. Yeah, one issue. There's literally. one issue. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, yeah, the reading order is a little strange because this one kind of I mean it worked fine because the Avengers are all kind of doing one thing that wouldn't yeah. really make sense to take a huge break from mm-hmm. um, which we'll get into um, but that'll leave us open next week to talk about the next week we'll be starting the event called Infinity which takes place like right in the middle of Hickman's Avengers it's like the midway point mm-hmm. um, and so we'll be doing the first half of Infinity next week uh, including like the introduction of Thanos and Hickman's Avengers and whatnot. Um, but where we're, where we're going to pick this up, we're going to be doing uh, pretty much Avengers up through Avengers number 17, which takes us right up to the start of Infinity. And then we're going to be reading uh, New Avengers number seven. That's what's on the docket for today. Um, also, at the end, we're going to be talking about uh, Avengers Age of Ultron as we go through the four Avengers movies alongside these. Yep. Um, I mentioned on Twitter, I think that section is going to be pretty brief like it was last week because... I can't think of a movie that's been dissected more than the Avengers movies. <laughs> I was going to say. I can't, there's no way in Ad God's nauseam. green earth that we're going to think of something new to say about those movies. <laughs> no, definitely not. So, but at, at least, least, at least, And definitely not something like long-standing. Oh, yeah, no. And <laughs> plus, it's Age of Ultron. Like, I don't think you're going to make like a master thesis on Age of Ultron. <laughs> definitely not. Like, it's I, rewatching it, I was like, this is fine, but it's like nothing's happening. Yeah, a lot yeah. of it's like enjoyable, but yeah, we'll get to it. You'll get to it, yeah. Um, but Hickman's Avengers is what we're, we're really here for. Yeah, totally. Um, so in the next week, that'll take us to start Infinity and then watch Infinity War. That's where it'll start to tie in pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then after that, uh, I should mention as well, um, because we're, we're recording this on Tuesday, um, this upcoming Friday is going to be the first episode of WandaVision. Oh, that's right, yep. yeah. So we're not going to be reviewing it until Febu- the first week of February, uh, right on the tail end of that season, towards the finale. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're, we're going to obviously start watching that soon, so I'm excited to actually finally get into that show. Yeah, have you, did you look at any of the early reviews? I have not, no. Yeah, it's. I try not to look at too many, but I, there's a lot of people saying it's like kind of trippy and like super weird. That's a lot of people about. already throwing out like, "Oh, it's all it's super Lynch," but it's like anytime something's just like semi weird, people just say that. So right. I, like, I, I'm not gonna take that. There's other any- directors who don't do like <laughs> popcorn movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm excited though. But I, I get I what just, they're saying. Like I'm kind of excited that it's not gonna be like conventional. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I look at the, some of the other shows like Hawkeye and Falcon and Winter Soldier, and they do kind of look like. MCU shows. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this one looks like it's kind of like a unique. It kind of reminds me of Legion. That's the comparison I would make. Yeah, if it's if it kind of draws from that, that'd be really cool. Yeah, because Le- Legion had that whole kind of thing where it was like you didn't fully understand the narrative yep. until like halfway through. Yeah, and totally. that's what I the kind of vibes I get from like Wandavision. It kind of seems like they're kind of like take you for a trip and be like, what's going on? We'll yeah, figure yeah. it out together. Yeah, no, I, I'm mm-hmm. definitely that and the what if show I'm most excited for. Yeah, that'll be cool too. When yeah. I, I think that one might be a little bit of ways though. I think so, yeah. Um, but I'm excited for WandaVision because like the stuff they've shown, like I said, looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I did read that there's, uh, I think it, uh, Elizabeth Olsen like teased that there's going to be like one surprise cameo. I saw that, yeah. From like an MCU actor. Who's your guess? <sighs> I have I have two guesses that I think are plausible. I See, I want to say Strange. It's Doctor Strange is one of mine, just because it's so easy, because she's going to be in his movie coming up. Yeah, and if, if it's going to deal with, like, you know, trippy, kind of, like, out-of-dimensional yeah. stuff, then he'd fit right in. But yeah, who were you, who else were you thinking of? Uh, I was thinking Captain Marvel, because Monica oh, Rambeau's yeah. in that show. Oh, okay. Did you remember Monica Rambeau yeah, from yeah. Strike Force? Yeah, yep. she's going to be in WandaVision. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, be- as a main character? Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, Because in the Captain Marvel movie, her mom was, like, the other Air Force pilot. Yep. That was uh, Maria Rambo. Yeah, that she was friends with. And, and Monica was, like, a kid in that movie, and that was in the 90s. Oh, okay. So this takes place in modern ah, day where she's gotcha. an adult. So okay. Now, so uh, yeah, now, I was thinking the mom at first, but so right. it was the little girl in the movie? Yep. Gotcha. So this is going to be, like, the bona fide Monica Rambo. I, I oh, really sick. hope she gets her light powers, yeah. Okay. I'm Dope. super excited for that, because, I mean, why would you put her in there and not give her powers? Yeah. Do it, you bastards. Yeah, they're not just going to have her be, like, a placeholder. Exactly. No, I'm, so I'm excited about that. And uh, in the the trailers like some of the like uh things you see in the background indicates a uh, sword i don't know if we've talked about sword yet a it might come up in this maybe. later okay i think it is going to come up in this book later um sword is like an organization that uh captain marvel founded to like is like a space earth defense oh. kind of like on a satellite like a justice league kind of thing Didn't almost that come up in immortal hulk it did come up in immortal hulk yeah yep, yep that's what yeah it came for sure up. So uh, I saw the logo for Sword, which makes me think that Captain Marvel is going to be in it. Okay. That, that seems like a pretty cool like surprise cameo, too. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, we'll find out. Uh, we will get to that when we get to that uh, the first week of February, so you can come back then to see what we think of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but this week, we might as well get into it. we got some uh, issues to talk about here. Uh, we're going to be starting out with Avengers number seven. Um, just to get the whole creative team out here, we have uh, it's written by Jonathan Hickman. Uh, the artist on this issue is Adam Kubert, but we do also have art by uh, uh, we do also have art from uh, Mike Diodato for a lot of these issues as well. And I can't remember if Opeña does any of these issues. We'll find out as we go through it. I, I think Opeña took a break, um, and then Diodato and uh, and Kubert came and did these a couple issues. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Diodato's art is is almost always one I really like. Some of his recent work is like what's happening. Um, okay, like some like his Savage Avengers wasn't that great, but a lot of like I think 
for a long time, I was kind of like rooting for him as the underdog. I was like, no, this art's really good. I really like this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got like an interesting way of like the panels. A lot of times are basic, but something about the way he draws them makes them seem like more grand. Like I think he'd be really good on like a big event book. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I got that feel too. Which makes him a great fit for the Avengers. So I think that works. Yep. Um, but this first issue is all about. Uh, at least it starts out with. Um, I mean, this whole issue is basically about them. They throw in Cannonball and Spider-Man and yeah. <laughs> uh, and Sunspot. It's just comic relief halfway through. Yep. Um, but this issue is all going to be about Shang-Chi kind of like going through like a meditation, almost like a hypnosis with Captain Universe. Um, because Cap- the where we left it, Captain Universe kind of showed up on Mars um, to help rescue the Avengers. And then Ex-Nilo and... Um, and the other two kind of like build her spawn, kind of just like bent the knee to her. Yeah. It's like, oh, the goddess, the universe, like, of course, like, we'll do whatever you say. And Captain Universe was like, you are the builder's creations and your goals have changed. Like, the universe is broken. Like, this won't work anymore. Yeah. So, like, and they were like, okay, you're the universe. Sure. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. I made a weird connection to it that because ex Nilo, I felt like I'd heard that somewhere. And that's actually like a term, like a biblical term, like, uh, that's out of nothing. Oh, okay. like it's a, it's a creation theory. That makes a lot of sense. That's yeah. basically what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it fits perfectly. Um, but I really like this scene of uh, Shang-Chi kind of just like sitting with Captain Universe as he kind of just like tries to like um, subtly kind of like, it's not quite hypnosis, but it's like a meditation kind of like deep reflection kind of thing they're doing. Yep. Um, and he starts out by offering her pie, which was a good touch because that was the first thing she mentioned on the moon when she kind of like became lucid again. Yeah. Mars, her, I mean, her flashes are really cool where mm-hmm. like she gets like memories from her like human self and it's always just weird stuff like pie and just random right. stuff. Cause we actually haven't even really met her human self yet. Tamra. Yeah. Um, but we get a kind of a little bit of that now because Shang Chi is like, I'm talking to the universe. Like we've met, you're an Avenger. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to the, the woman underneath. And uh, the universe is like, uh, the host isn't ready. Like, we can't do this. And he's like, are you sure I brought pie? (laughs) Oh, maybe. And then, yeah, Tamara kind of like comes out like just her head through the costume kind of like uh i would if you're trying to visualize this it kind of reminds me of like when the symbiote kind of comes down mm-hmm, it's like the sure. black goo opens up the head yep um and then yeah they kind of like have a heart to heart kind of like slowly kind of breaching in tamra doesn't really remember like who she is or what her history is at first because like it's different than these other costumes like even than the venom symbiote or anything like when she's in there it's like she's in a coma yeah like she doesn't remember anything from these missions or anything um like she just has flashes and so shang chi is like trying to like dig down and like who is Tamara like who are you like who's the person under there Mm -hmm. and gets these like flashes of her history where she like remembers this like car crash and he that's why it reminds me of hypnosis because he's like oh no you're in control of the moment just remember yeah um like that's what kind of reminded me of that therapy yeah exactly um and she remembers like she was in a car crash she was the one driving and her daughter was in the back before it crashed And um, she, the last thing she remembers is just being in a coma. And Shang-Chi was like, yeah, you were in a coma for 10 years, and we don't know what happened to your daughter. <laughs> um, and he's either lying there. Rough news. Or, yeah. He's either lying or they don't know what happened to her. We don't for sure know yet. Okay. Because, like, yeah, because it seems like they would know. Like, it's a little strange for it to be mysterious. So that's what kind of makes it seem like Shang-Chi might just be like, oh, we don't know. She could be fine. I was going to say, because, I mean, if it was like a big accident, like they right. know who she is, I'd feel like that'd be pretty easy but to Shang-Chi look But Shang-Chi also doesn't seem like the kind of guy to, like, lie for the sake of, like, your, like, you know, your broken heart. He'd feel like he'd be like, no, this is, you got to confront this. Yeah, but, but what, I, who knows? Like, what on you one hand, it's like, entity? if you're trying to take baby steps, like, with the universe. Right, you don't want the universe <laughs> yeah. to be like, no, kaboom. Yeah, she yeah. can't freak out immediately. And then she does anyway, because they, even just remembering the coma, she kind of, like, freaks out and becomes Captain Universe again, and just keeps saying this, like, same kind of, like, uh, soliloquy over and over, like, there was nothing, followed by everything. Mm-hmm. Swirling, burning specks of creation that circled life-giving stars, and then we raced to the light. 
Um, and she keeps mentioning like the universe is broken. And she even that's the line that we ended on. Like Shang Chi asks her like, "Why did you choose Tamra? Like why her?" And the and the universe says like, "Oh, she was broken and she needed fixing, just like me." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love that line. Yeah, and that's what makes this a really cool book to read alongside New Avengers. Because they keep men- if you were to just read this book, which you should obviously never do, just read this book. Yeah, it's yeah. not the complete experience. <laughs> yeah, but if you were just reading this book, you would not know why the universe was broken. Why they keep saying that? It's come up several times in mm-hmm. just this book, and even the Avengers are like, we don't know what that means. It's probably bad. <laughs> yeah, but I wonder if those other guys that keep disappearing are like looking into that. <laughs> right, Tony Stark's just like, <laughs> hey guys, maybe we should think about something else. <laughs> universe is broken. Whatever, I'm sure it'll solve itself. <laughs> Who wants pizza? <laughs> Um, and then there is kind of like a fun scene like in the middle that I think Hickman was like, I don't want to make this all just like one scene. So he kind of like throws in this little mini scene of like literally just Peter Parker eating Sunspot and Cannibal's food <laughs> with like, the, the words written on it. Um, which I, I kind of like when they uh, bring it back and kind of just remind you of like their day to day life. Like they do what they are. They are explained as like living in this tower right now while they're Avengers. Like they're on call. Yep. Um. So like the fact that they're like eating each other's food, like Peter Parker's like, sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, I brought it up, too, because there's a few moments where like Peter's just a total dick to people. And I was like, dude, what's up with Spider-Man? And we'll talk about this. This is actually Peter still. Oh, it is. Yeah, this isn't Doc. Ock ah, yet. OK. Because that, that does yeah. happen later. Gotcha. This is meant to be still be Peter. He's just being an asshole. Here. Okay. <laughs> He's just being like fucking tough guy to the new guys yeah he, he's not even being a tough guy he's just like what i do he's yeah. being a little stinker <laughs> did i do that right and i think he like uh because he kind of acts like this around like the human torch too is like one of his best friends like okay. they kind of have that kind of relationship also like, i guess he's, yeah. he's a little sassy but then there's a moment with like the, the like the new like creature oh that's or much different yeah that's doc ock we'll get to that oh yeah. gotcha okay yeah like when he's all like the world is iron and we must be the fist that's doc ock okay like gotcha. him just being goofy here that's peter okay um, but the transition does happen shortly after that. I mean, we'll we'll talk about it now since we're, we brought it up. Yeah, yeah. Later on in this run, um, Peter Parker changes, um, and it's because of what was happening in the Spider-Man book. A lot of you probably know uh, if you're watching this podcast, you probably know some a bit about Spider-Man. Maybe mm-hmm. um, for a good portion of the Dan Slott Spider-Man run, uh, there was a book called Superior Spider-Man, where I haven't read it. I don't know the whole story, but yeah, the, yeah. what I know of it is Doc Ock basically was in Peter Parker's body. And then, like controlling him, um, I think I, I I think it was like an accident or like something that just happened to him. I don't think he did it on purpose. For this, that's the impression I'm getting. Yeah, wasn't it something about like his body was dying, so he basically like took over Peter's like consciousness? I think it's something like that. Yeah. yeah. Again, I don't know. I have not read it. But gotcha. what's important is it's Doc Ock and Peter Parker's body. Yep. And he's like trying to be better. It's okay. meant to be like Doc Ock's like redemption arc, like gotcha. him learning about great responsibility. Okay. So even though Doc Ock is still like his, himself a little bit, he's trying to be more heroic. That's what that character is all about. Okay. Um. So, but you'll notice that in this book, you'll just notice like Peter Parker being a lot more hardcore, and you're like, "What's going on?" Oh, it's not Peter. So wait. Yeah. So what happened with Peter? Did he just get like non-existent for now? Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Again, I don't know. Yeah. You have to read Spider-Man, okay. but don't because it's written by Dan Slott. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we should mention as well a new character who I think we we did not talk about enough last time, which is uh, Night Mask. Because mm-hmm. um, it was the uh, ex Nilo was actually technically like his dad. Yeah. Because ex Nilo had like this pod, and he was like, "I've invented the new human. This will be like what takes over the world, like the perfect human." Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just um, this like naked guy with like these rings around his shoulder, and uh, he didn't speak English. He just spoke like these like weird symbols that no one recognized. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Tony has been like spending time with him trying to like translate this language. And he thinks he's got the name pretty close. He's like, I think his name is Black Veil. Like, that's the name. Like, that's what he calls himself. And the universe is like, no, dummy, here. <laughs> yeah, Waves her magic fingers. Like, no. 
Night Mask. That's his <laughs> name. And he's a symbol of the universe. Like, this is a force of cosmic, like me. Like, these, these things are starting to show up because of what everything that's happening. Yep. And, and Captain Universe even kind of, like, goes up to him and, like, snaps her fingers and, like, allows him to, like, learn English instantly. Mm-hmm. And then from then on, Night Mask can, like, speak with them. And the first thing he says is, it's here, the white event. And then literally you just see this, like, shocking, like, lightning bolt go towards Earth. And you're like, uh, what? Probably good. <laughs> yeah, so that, that'll kick off the new Avengers arc. And it kind of, like, sets it up. We get, like, a, a very strange scene that's kind of, it's meant to be cryptic uh, from the Superflow. Um, the Superflow is basically, like, the the gray area between multiverses mm-hmm. is the best way to describe it. Or the red area, I should call it. Yeah. Um, and we see these, like, uh, these builders um, who are like in this like uh, space station as they're kind of like monitoring like the the universe falling apart, and they even say like this little robot who's kind of like giving him orders like the universe three ninety four down universe one thousand one hundred ninety four down like it, it, they're going like in seconds like they're just flying yeah and so like this mysterious creature who's like running this building he's like good god this could mean the end of the super flow and like overall like I've never imagined something like this could ever happen and he's like. Send it. Send send the send this like white signal. Send it all over to whatever universes are still alive, and they only get like three of them off. I think. Yeah. Because all these universes are kind of just like exploding. Yeah, like, um, well, but it's something. Yeah. Right. Um. But yeah, the superflow of universe six one six, which we all know is the uh, the canon, uh, goes in, and this kind of white light goes, and everyone on Earth kind of sees this happen, as it just kind of like sends this blinding flare across the sky. And that's when you see Nightmask get like his full costume too. It's kind of like this like uh, like gown with all these like glyphs kind of like spinning on it. Looks pretty cool. Yeah, it looks awesome. <laughs> There's a, f- a good line that I like from Peter here too, where like Nightmask just starts like rebuilding Tony Stark's machines with his hands, like Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. It's like, we need these machines to build something. Hurry, hurry! And Peter <laughs> Parker's like, are we possibly extending too much goodwill to the overly ambiguous half naked super being <laughs> who we just met him like two days ago? Right. And and like all you need to hear is like Universe just turns to Peter and she's like, no. He's like, okay, you're the universe, so you tell me, I guess. And that's Doc Ock, right? Because the black suit? No, this isn't the black suit yet. It's still blue and red if you look at it. In that one panel, it looks black. Oh, it does. You're right. Yeah, but you'll, you'll notice the difference when we get to like the, the scene in yeah, the Savage Yeah, it's Land. a lot more obvious. Yeah. Yeah, Peter Parker has a very unique kind of costume. Um, but this issue also introduces us to um, the star brand. And that's kind of why I mentioned Night Mask showing up like that, because it does kind of seem like kind of these entities of the universe are showing themselves because they're needed. Yep. Like, that's why um, that's why the universe is here now. That's why Night Mask is here now. And that's why this new character we're going to see is showing up as well. Yeah, and they um, need to be in a similar place to, like, find each other to work yep. together. So basically, this white light came to basically shoot down and make someone a superhero in the lamest terms possible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, so, but this Which scene- honestly is a really cool concept, especially if it you reach that on like a meta level too right yeah for sure <laughs> um but yeah it's kind of cool it's like no send send the beam right <laughs> we need a superhero um but i want to call out this scene in particular this um i think this was really well written because you don't know who that light hit like what character in the world's going to become that superhero yeah but the way they set this scene up is so fucking cool uh with both the artist and hickman the way they just scripted this because it's just like four different scenes from like a college and the scenes, like, don't make any sense. It's no characters we've met before or, like, any context that we know before. Yep. Like, the first scene is just, like, this guy and his girlfriend just kind of sitting, like, um, at a bench, like, outside the university. And they're just kind of, like, um, 
uh, he's like, I, you know, I asked your parents if I could marry you. And she's like, oh, no, you don't say. It's mm-hmm. like, I've loved you my whole life, and you're amazing. And then they kiss, and then they, that's the whole scene. Yeah. Like, okay, that's setting up something. I'll remember those characters. Yeah, like, I'm sure they'll come up again. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next scene is, like, these two guys walking down a hall at the same university, and they're, like, talking about, like, uh, you know, what they're going to do later. And uh, they're kind of having, like, a discussion about, like, you know, like, violence and when it's necessary. And they, like, bump into this random kid. And they're like, oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. And then that's that scene. And then we get another one where it's like uh, a guy at like a cafeteria and kind of like talking on the phone with someone. And he's kind of like having this discussion with his rich dad. He's like, no, forget it, dad. I'm done taking gifts from you. I'm going to start building something myself. Mm-hmm. Like each one of these things that's setting up a superhero. Yep. Like, even like these lines, like they don't sound like boring characters. It sounds like the setup of like an arc that's about to happen. Yeah, yeah. And it's so convincing like that. And then the final one is like this uh, professor and he calls on someone in the audience, the classic scene where this guy stands up and he's like, I know, I know about it. I'll teach the class. And he kind of explains these, like, concepts of the universe, like, about electric current and, like, what good you could do with great power. Yeah. Like, oh, he's going to be a superhero, too, I bet. <laughs> but then the twist that they throw at you is so fucking clever because it, when you find out who it actually is, it goes back through that those four scenes. Yeah. And it grays out the colors. And you find out that there's been a singular character through all four of those scenes in the background. Mm-hmm. Like, a background character who just, like, walked by those people on the bench. Yeah, just um, by himself. in. Yep, just looking like loser he was the one who they bumped into in the hallway and just didn't even look like you didn't even see his face in that scene yeah he was the one feeding the guy at the cafeteria who's arguing with his dad about building something better yep and then in the classroom he's just a guy who's like too afraid to raise his hand in the background (laughs) and so that's what i think is really cool like they set it up like any of these four characters could be the hero the world needs yeah and then it's like oh no it was this random nobody like you didn't even notice him in the scene Mm -hmm. like that was just such a clever way to play with storytelling and like a like a red herring oh yeah because these characters are like so obviously set up to just be stereotypical like this is my moment yeah i just thought that was like on the reread i was like damn that was a really smart like way to write that no there's a really famous uh issue in the invisibles that is a similar setup to that and how not not only how that issue ends but how it ties in like issue like tens and dozens of issues later mm-hmm. like in, it's like the most insane like kind of like background character who you thought was just meant to be like a scenic piece well, like, basically it's basically like an entire issue of something you've characters you've never seen or areas or like settings you've never been to before and it just like ends in an insane way and you're like why did i just read that and right. then like later but way later on it comes up and yep. it's insane i, I love that and you, when once you've gotten this far and you kind of realize like you trust this writer to, to like pay off that kind of stuff oh yeah it's so much more satisfying because there's some writers who like uh i don't want to throw out names but i will anyway like tom king for example <laughs> who like throw all these kind of like easter eggs at you and these hidden things that seem like ooh, that's going to become something later yeah but then the book will end and you're like but what about you were setting up this thing like 20 issues ago what happened to that and it's yep. like oh that plot got abandoned later <laughs> and it's like oh, okay well now i'm not going to trust you when you set up all these little things like i'm just not going to give a shit until i know it means something yeah yeah but when you do stuff like this like i trust the book i'm like oh okay i want to pay attention to like every line because each each everything here is deliberate oh yeah like i think that's really cool yeah, like we're like we're here for it. Yeah, <laughs> um, and so yeah, the Avengers are just kind of going around trying to find where this beam landed because the universe tells them like wherever that landed, there's probably like a giant explosion like around this person who became a superhero. Yep. Um, and so it's like uh, it's Tony, Captain Marvel, Captain America, um, Thor, Hyperion, Hulk, and uh, and Nightmask and Universe as they kind of fly through the Quinjet trying to find where this thing's gonna land. And they find out, like, oh, shit, like, this landed, like, at a packed university. Like, there were so many people there. Yep. And when they get there, it's just, like, a smoking ruin of, like, what used to be this university. And uh, they just find this, like, this kid who we talked about, this nobody kid, who's just, like, sitting there, just, like, glowing. Like, like, all his clothes have been burned off. He's just, like, this glowing man. 
and uh, it's surrounded by the Avengers, and they're like, son, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, this, it, this, like, sequence is horrifying. Like, yeah. if you're looking at it through his point of view, like, waking up to that, and the Avengers just being like, hey, like, we're here to help. You're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> the Avengers are actually, like... Way too hard on him here. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Captain America's, like, trying to be, like, restrained, and Tony's just like, so should we blast him to bits? <laughs> <laughs> well, even Captain America at parts, he's like, you want to watch that, son. You got to be careful. Yeah. And, like, I get what he's saying. Like, you're powerful. Be careful. But there's a, a more, uh, there's a better way to do that that, that does not escalate. Exactly. Like, they, do, they do a terrible job at de-escalating the situation. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it gets us a pretty cool fight scene, though, I'll be honest. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um. Because, yeah, they bring in the Hulk, too. The Hulk, like, lands out of the Quinjet. Captain Marvel calls him in. The universe kind of makes... The universe makes a really bad line, too, where she's like... Because she doesn't have any kind of, like, subtlety. She's all cosmic. Yeah, totally. Uh, and she tells him, like, this only ends one way, with you in a box. Like, well, don't say that to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, like, let's not, like, put it, like, that final. Yeah, and so he's like, no, you're not taking me. And kind of it results in kind of, like, a, a fight. And uh, the first thing he does is, like, the Hulk goes after him. And even Captain America, to be fair, does try to stop him. He's like, Hulk, stop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the Hulk just rushes him. And this is where you kind of get to see what the star brand can do. He just, like, repulsor rays him into the fucking atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. And you just kind of see Hulk, like, floating in space. Like, I think the art here is really fun to, like, look at. Oh, for sure. Um, and then he kind of, like, looks at his hand. He's like, oh, no. Uh, Ca uh, Captain America has a fun line here. He's like, Captain Marvel? And she's like, yeah. Please go retrieve our Hulk. We're going to need him, I think. He's yeah. Like, Got it. And she flies off. And then uh, Hyperion just kind of floats around him. He's like, you know, uh, with great power, there's a lot of great consequences as well. It's kind of like the opposite of the Peter Parker quote. Right. He's like, you know, we got to be careful like, or else it's going to end with you on the ground. Like Hyperion <laughs> is like, I know what happens when this shit goes wrong. Right. And uh, and then, yeah, Starbrand's like, well, what if I don't want to? And then Thor like throws Mjolnir at him like, Boom! <laughs> yeah. Sends him, like, across the ground, and there's a cool panel where he just, like, looks up, like, very anime, like, that barely hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real, though. And then, yeah, so then we know we're just gonna, like, it's like, all right, Avengers. Like, even Captain America's like, okay, we gotta, like, take him down and deal with this later. Um, and that's kind of what it's, I mean, it's like, even then you could have de-escalated, but sure, let's fight. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, even Hyperion and Thor are, like, both trying to, like, go after him, and they're struggling. Like, you can even see, like, Thor's, like, costume is, like, kind of being ripped apart. That's usually the sign that someone's being beaten. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but one of the, fa the like, one of my favorite scenes in this issue is Captain Marvel gets up to space where Hulk is just floating there, and there's not even any dialogue. Captain Marvel just, like, grabs him by the shoulder, and they both kind of look at each other like, oh, we have a good idea. Right. And, then, and Captain Marvel just, like, winds up and throws him back where he came from, like, with all of her strength. And then blast him with uh, her, like, energy ray. Yeah, it's like a Hulk hammer of dawn. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and the Hulk just goes into the atmosphere like a fucking meteor. Just... Yeah, I can't imagine something. Like, I don't know what more you're going to hit that dude with than that. Oh, I don't know how this didn't end in, like, a global catastrophe. <laughs> yeah, that should have shattered the Earth. Yeah, the fact that this made, like, this small of a crater is a miracle. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they do eventually... Um... Like, kind of, like, get him to, like, I think it's Nightmass who kind of, like, grabs him and he's like, no, come with me. This is escalating too far. Yeah, it's like, this is going to get us nowhere. Yeah. And, like, with, Nightmask actually does this kind of smart. Like, he's talking to him like a person. Yeah. And kind of just, like, brings him to a place where you can just calm down. And uh, they kind of do have, like, a, like a common thing in, in common, too, because Nightmask was just born, like, yesterday. Yeah. And he just got his powers today. So they're both kind of trying to understand, like, who they are and what they are. Yeah, they're both learning on the fly. Um, but yeah, Nightmask kind of explains what we know ha is happening in New Avengers. He's like, the universe is ending. Like, you were born because this planet needs you. The Star Brand is a planetary defense system. Mm -hmm. And like, that's why it was called here. 
And he even shows him like the crash superflow that we saw earlier. He's like, look, all of these systems, like they're all broken. They're all falling apart. Like it's up to us to try to fix this before it's too late. Um, kind of like finally giving him like something that's like, oh, okay, this kind of makes sense. Um, and then he actually teleports him to Mars. And this is kind of what I was hinting at last week where I mentioned like X Nilo and, uh, and all of them would kind of like become more three dimensional characters. Yeah. Because now that the universe is kind of like woken them up and be like, you guys are doing stupid things. Stop being so stupid. <laughs> Stop being assholes. Yeah. They, they're kind of like, oh shit. Okay. Let's do it better. And so they're just kind of hanging out on Mars. They basically told him like Mars is your playground. Like if you want to build something here, there's nothing here. So go for it. Yeah. And they, when he, they get back to Mars, they pretty much made it like a green planet. Like it looks like a rainforest. Yeah. It's like here. terraform completely. Yeah. And so when they get there, X Nilo is just kind of sitting on his throne uh, with abyss and they're kind of like, oh, look, children, they they grow up so fast. They already came home. <laughs> I know. I love that line. Yeah, he's like, oh, they love to go exploring, but as soon as things go bad, they come right back to mommy and daddy. <laughs> yeah, no, I like X Nilo a lot in this. He's got a lot of personality. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, as soon as that first arc ends, he seems like very basic, like a villain you've seen a million times. But yeah, this adds a lot more to him. No, for sure. Where like he doesn't like he was right. Like he wasn't lying when he said like I don't want to destroy everything. I want to create. Yeah, and a lot of times when villains say stuff like that, you're like, oh sure, like you just have a weird way of saying it. Yeah, like you just want to destroy everything to rebuild it. Right, but the here I actually actually believe it because he's like oh no like i like you're doing what i expected like i have this planet like i'm listening to the universe this is what we do yeah like i you gave me mars and look what we've already done in this short amount of time right and uh x nilo i mean abyss even kind of realizes x nilo with these pods that he sent to earth it's kind of revealed now what they were for yeah it's not just to create new life and have it just kill everything each pod is meant for a specific purpose and his goal he says is my goal is to make the earth sentient and so Starbrand, you fit into that. Nightmask, you fit into that. Yeah. All these pods are going to help fit into that as well. And it kind of explains these kind of like zebra-striped people who spawned in the Savage Land who we saw last week. Mm -hmm. Like they are essentially like the sentient representation of this new Earth race. Yeah. Which is like really fucking cool when you think about that. Think about it that way. It's also frightening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then we also see like in Croatia, like those pods re represented self-awareness. In India, those ones were self-repair. As you see them just kind of like boiling over these like uh, temples and just kind of like building and doing something internally yeah and then we also see what happened with the hand which was only hinted at in one panel uh in the last book uh because we saw the hand going into japan into the uh the impact zone where no one else could breach the hand was the only one who got in there and now we kind of see them like sitting in a circle almost like worshiping this rock it looks like yeah and that one is marked as reproduction so it's like, oh, we don't even know what's happening there. <laughs> yeah. Something, something sexy. Yeah, something's about to go down. <laughs> and they, uh, the one in Australia is called Communication, and it looks like a bunch of like pods linked by like a web. So it almost looks like like uh, like brain connections almost. Yeah, yeah. Networking. And then the one that comes up later that we'll uh, experience firsthand is in Canada where it says Evolution, and we see Alpha Flight just kind of doing their best to figure out what's going on. Yeah, that's the one you don't want to be by. Yeah. <laughs> and Alpha Flight we know a little bit about. Uh, we yeah. I remember in Immortal Hulk we read about uh, a Wendigo. Yep. Um, but they come up a lot in X-Men. They're mainly like uh, original X-Men characters. Okay. Uh, and then the one that AIM took back with them, self-defense. And we see like just this orange or this like icy spire almost that they've yeah, taken yep. back with them to their base. And like he says, like these are all meant to like work together to eventually make the Earth stronger, more sentient, like it can defend itself. But the Avengers uh, are like, well, I mean, they're also like kind of killing people while they do this. So maybe it's not great. Um, Like the one on the beach that was like self-sentience uh, was like it literally is a bunch of like worms that like hatch and they become these gross worms and then like start forming together. But as they form together, it starts to become like a giant brain, like the self-awareness yeah. one. So it's like, it's literally like making the earth sentient. It now has a brain. 
Like, this is fucking wild. Yeah, it's just like a giant mother brand on the beach. Uh, and there is kind of like a five-page fight. The Avengers show back up. Starbrand blasts himself back onto the Earth, but makes another huge, like, blast, like, still not able to control his powers. Yep. And they're like, the Avengers are like, no, you have to stop doing that because you're <laughs> killing lots of people. Yeah, it's bad news. Yeah, and so they have, like, a, they have to try to take him out again. Uh, so this time, like, Thor goes back at him. They have a bigger team this time. Like, they have, like, Hyperion and even, like, Sunspot and Cannonball this time. Uh, Manifest... What what Nightmask does to Manifest is fucking crazy here. Oh, because yeah. Manifest tries to teleport Nightmask away, and Nightmask breaks the teleportation like connection, which has never happened. <laughs> yeah. So even uh, Manif- or, uh, Manifold is like, uh, how did you do that? <laughs> and the narration is like, uh, is Starbrand just kind of like going through? He's like, these are like the heroes of the Earth. Like they're the best of the best. Like, and I'm fighting them. Like, yeah. Maybe like something's wrong here. Maybe I'm the bad guy. And they do kind of eventually, uh, eventually get him to calm down. He's like, I don't, I don't want to do any of this. I just can't control it. Mm. And like, I, and uh, Tony Stark's like, we know that's what terrifies us. Yeah. And he's like, that's why, unfortunately, like we need you guys to like go somewhere safe for now until you have your shit under control. And he literally puts him in that Dyson sphere that he was building in New Avengers. Yep. Um, it comes up for the first time in this book, and Nightmask and uh, uh, Starbrand are like Captain Universe said put in a box like yep. out in space and they're just kind of like well i guess we chill here now for a while <laughs> which is pretty rough yeah time to practice um this next issue is uh one of the, I th- this was the one I, I was this was a really fucking cool issue oh yeah it's basically like a one issue horror story yeah it's like annihilation yeah we talked about it, the annihilation uh like it reminded the la- even the last book kind of reminded us of it but this went full out with it this was oh, like yeah. straight up like i was like holy shit this is just like that movie yeah for sure um because it starts out with like the canadian like alpha flight there the, the pod that landed in canada there's been like no word from like what happened to alpha flight like they had like a camera that was in there with them for a while but that went dead and they have no idea what happened to this crew mm-hmm. except for one last message right like the opening scene is nick fury and or not nick fury i don't think but maria hill and like her assistant kind of, uh, in shield kind of going and finding this like dead canadian like secret operative who shot himself in the head mm-hmm. and they're kind of like going over his last recording he has like the canadian secret service or not uh canadian like cia whatever that is the our royal canadian mounted police are RC, so, rcmp yeah whatever the canadian shield is here yeah everyone thinks it's like the mount the funny mounties on horses but the rcmp is basically just like the fbi under another shield. yeah exactly <laughs> um but yeah they we find out that all of these agents have like a recording built into their eye kind of like a black box um and so maria hill that's the first thing she goes for like get his, the black box out of his head we need to see what he saw mm-hmm. and then, then we get the flashback yeah, so the team that goes in this time is Captain America, Falcon, Wolverine, Smasher, uh, Bruce Banner, and Manifold. Uh, they're the ones going into this kind of like Canadian drop zone. Um, this was actually one scene where I think uh, Wolverine kind of had a cool role in. Yeah. He hasn't done a lot so far. I, mean, I think he's just here just to be here. Yeah, this is like the first issue he was prominent in. Prominent in. Yeah, because uh, he actually used to work for Alpha Flight. He was a, oh right right yeah he was created by the Canadian government to be like a special agent yep so this is him kind of going back to like where he came from and and he even met like the person who's briefing them uh like at one point they're like wait like you have like secret nukes you have like all these secret weapons like what's going on and then uh, Wolverine's like oh yeah why don't you tell him you got a whole bunch of shit and, <laughs> right and then uh, the captain's like oh hey Logan long time <laughs> no see. And like they don't mention fully like what the background is or what their relationship, but if you that's what the fun thing that's rewarding with Hickman is he'll put in little details that you won't miss anything by missing it. Yeah, yeah. But like if you realize what the implication is there, that's pretty cool. Like Wolverine used to work for these people and he knows all their dirty secrets. Yep. But we get kind of like the flashback of Alpha Flight going into this zone, which kind of looks like a bunch of spider legs starting to form around like a big shield. Yeah, it looks fucking metal. Yeah, it looks gross. 
Um, and the team that went in, as we mentioned, uh, Wendigo, who we know from Immortal Hulk uh, that we read. There's also a Validator, uh, Kingdom, and Box. Honestly, most of these characters I don't know. They're not A lot of these aren't original members of the Alpha Flight team. Okay. Um, but, again, you don't really need to know who they are. Um, but we get flashbacks to kind of what happened to them. Like, um, it was only they were only like an hour into this mission when like uh, Wendigo gets like ripped apart by these vines. Yeah, like, that that got way more brutal than I thought it was gonna be. Oh yeah, they like split him open. It's it's rough. Yeah. And like the last person to live is um, Avalda grabs this like black kind of like robot looking box, which is like the last like her robot. Like it's like what they brought in is the camera. Yeah, it's like they're sentinels. And, yeah, and like we don't really see what she sees, but she says like, "Listen to me, like." This place, you have to destroy it. Like, whatever you do, don't come here. This place is death, and that's the f- the last thing you see. Like, you don't see what's happening around them. You just see, like, her face, and she's just like, don't come here. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this sets up, like, a really good horror story where it's like, that's the last we heard of them. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Man, I love found footage. And uh, this captain who uh, Logan was talking to, he's like, no, I'm going with you. Like, uh, that's the, that's my only condition. Like, I'm not giving you the location unless I can go down there and, like, find out what happened to my team. Yep. And uh, they're able to get in because they have Manifold. Manifold is, is like a cheat code. He can get you pretty much anywhere. Yeah. Um, and so they're able to get right in the middle of this kind of structure that's come up. And when they see it, it's... Honestly, I hate to keep making the reference, but it looks kind of like Annihilation. I know. Where, like, the vines are kind of, like, mutating into the structures. Yeah. Like, everything kind of seems like it's becoming part of, like, a giant plant. Yep. Um, and there's, there are also these, like, strange creatures flying around. They kind of look like wyverns. They're kind of, like, flying through it as well. Um, because this we were described this zone, Ex Nilo told us this zone was evolution. Which, yeah. Annihilation again. Yeah, it's basically just, like, fusing different organisms I together. I would stop making this reference if it wasn't so spot on every page. <laughs> I know, right? I'm loving it, though. Go watch that movie. It's amazing. Oh, right? yeah, if you haven't seen we're it, We're not referencing definitely. a bad movie. It's fucking awesome. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. And they get guided by just, like, this little kind of, like, yellow goblin with this, like, big purple eyes. Yeah, like, these weird goblins just show up. Yeah, it's like, like, yeah, we should follow them. Yeah, it's like, bing, 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 bing. <laughs> it doesn't speak English, but they're like, uh, let's go, I guess. That, that seems like a good idea. Yeah, this whole thing kind of feels surreal. Like, none of them really know, like, what the right thing to do is here. So they're just kind of like, let's just go deeper, I guess. Yeah, I feel like they should have taken a bit more precaution. They kind of just jumped right in after being told not to go in. Right. <laughs> but it's like, I mean, it kind of almost seems like they are, like, something's guiding them almost. Yeah. As well. Like, it doesn't even, because none of them really, like, talk about, like, the decision they're making. They're all just kind of like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Like, and it, it even seems- ends kind of weirder than that, too. Yeah, they take them to, like, what looks like this, like, yellow, like, pool or maybe like a portal yeah we just see um validator just kind of like sitting there like a zombie almost like a um like a ghost like with her head down yeah um like some kind of wraith or something and when she looks up like her eyes are missing and like her mouth is missing almost like she's wearing like a uh, like an old school like actor's mask or whatever yeah or it's almost like she's like the invisible woman where it's like she's wearing the suit but you can't see any of like her body oh that is what it is yeah you're right yeah so it's it's like like a a ghost it's like a shadow person yeah And, yeah, um, no, this part reminded me a lot of Twin Peaks, too, because there's, there's a thing with, like, a portal, like, kind of with, like, a bright light on the ground. Yeah, and I think this is uh, the commander's daughter, too. I think they mentioned at one point. Uh, I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, because he's the first one who goes up to her, and we just see her whisper something in his ear, and we don't hear what she says, and we yep. never really hear what she says. Yep. Um, Like, we get, like, a little bit of it later, but not the full thing. Oh, man, that's so Twin Peaks, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, that's literally the end of the whole scene. Yeah. That's the end of the whole... Thing yeah, the there. panel just goes black. Yeah, it goes black like in between that happening, and then when it comes back, they're just like in the middle of that desert, and everything is gone. Yeah, it just vanishes. Yeah, they're just—it's all just barren, just wasteland now, and they're just there. And then like Shield flies in, and uh, they're ready to like debrief them. And the commander guy says he's like, "Do you remember what happened?" And Captain America's like, "Yes." Are you going to tell anyone? And the commander's like, "Are you going to tell anyone what you saw?" 
I don't know. Are, are you? And he's like, I, I don't think I have a choice. Like they, this is all recorded. Like they'll get this no matter what. Yeah. Like they're going to ask questions about what we saw here. And Wolverine goes up to him and he's like, Robert, like, what did she tell you? Like, what did she say? And he's like, don't worry about it. And then shoots himself in the head. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, like, th- this whole issue is just so creepy because of what he doesn't tell you in the story. Mm-hmm. Like, just all this, like, mystery of, like, something fucked up just happened. And I want to know what, but fucking show me, damn it. <laughs> right. Oh, it's just, oh, it's so creepy. I love all this shit. Oh, and yeah. The ending is just, like, the debrief of Maria Hill with, like, basically what I'm assuming is, like, the commander of Canadian Shield. Mm-hmm. Um, And they're kind of just talking. They're like, so... We didn't get much off that black box. Like, the recording cut short when he shot himself. But then they kind of go over the code in the box again. And they're like, oh, no. Like, using these tools to kind of, like, recover. It's kind of like when your computer crashes, but then yeah. you can recover more data from it. Yep. Like, oh, no. We were able to pull more time. And they're like, how much more? 327 hours. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> That's a lot of time. Yeah. And we don't even get all of it. We just get these weird scenes of, like, them all kind of being in this, like, yellow haze. And as we were described, this is like a zone of evolution. Mm -hmm. We see Smasher kind of like become the old Smasher for a second and then become like this robot Smasher. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Banner's is pretty cool because he turns into the Hulk and then turns into Maestro, which is... Is that uh, what that is? Yeah, Maestro is uh, basically a character that comes up a lot in the Hulk. He's like a a future, like a Hulk from the future, like a big mutated Hulk. He's like the perfect Hulk. He's like a super genius. Gotcha. Um, So that's who we see there. Uh, and then Falcon literally like turns into this like freaky like bird vulture man. bird. Yeah. yeah, Wolverines is kind of he just kind of changes suits. I don't really understand that one. <laughs> yeah, it I'm looking at it again, and I'm like, I still don't get it. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of like changed the outline of the suit. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know what that one's supposed yeah, to mean. I don't know what because manifolds is. is also weird. He just kind of goes from a gray costume to like a brown costume yeah kind of just change and like yeah the shoulders are different yeah i don't really get that one (laughs) captain america's is a little weird too he just kind of changes costumes twice um but that's kind of what happened to the smasher too is so maybe these are like alternate captain america's and maybe that's what i'm not understanding maybe that's like an alternate universe wolverine or they're already like their perfect selves maybe i mean wolverine's a mutant so maybe that's something to do with it i don't know yeah but yeah it's very very strange um and then we kind of just get um her going up to uh, her dad and saying something. What, what, what We don't get the whole line, but what she says is, Father, something amazing has happened here, and it's happened to me. We've made something, and it's my job to protect it. And you can't let anyone get in here or learn what we've done. It's like, that's all, like, that's what my whole life is what, what was about, I, leading up to this moment. Yeah. And the last thing she says to him, which is super cryptic, the system is now online. What the fuck? <laughs> and then, yeah, that's the last thing he heard. That was what he heard that made him, like, nobody could know about this. Boom. Yep. So, like, just the way that's set up, it's just so fucking... I, I love that issue so much because the whole thing just gives you the creepiest vibes because of what you don't see. Yep, it's amazing. Yeah, it's super mysterious. Um, the next issue is a lot... It's very, very different. Um, but it's also really cool. It's called Wake the Dragon. Mm-hmm. This one is kind of... It seems like kind of, like, meant to be, like, a brevity kind of issue, I think. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, this was like a change of pace issue. Yeah, Because we've done a lot of like cosmic kind of like hyper uh, high stakes, you know, crazy stuff. That's what this whole book has been pretty much leading up to this. Yeah, and, and with how insane that last issue is, it's it, it's nice to have a palate cleanser. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like, man, I, I need to cool out. Well, and this is also an opportunity to use some characters we haven't used yet, like uh, yeah, Black, totally. Black Widow and Spider-Woman and, uh, and Shang-Chi, Sunspot, Cannonball. Like a lot of the... Um, the 
the ones who aren't like cosmic gods kind of get to do something here. Yep. Um, and Captain Marvel, who is a cosmic god, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this one's pretty cool. It's basically just going to be like a casino heist. Like that's it's basically the whole a big, yep. a big like Ocean's Eleven type issue. It's really cool where everyone kind of gets to go in wearing their fanciest suits, mm-hmm. and they're kind of like, yeah, we're going into this uh, uh, this like illegal casino. Uh, it seems like someone's here to buy like a prototype super weapon, and we need to find out who it is. Like Ames here to buy this thing, and we need to stop him. Find out who the buyer is and find out what's going on. So it leads to some pretty cool scenes of like uh, Captain Marvel's like playing the tables. Uh, Black Widow and Jessica Drew are doing their spy shit, where they're kind of just like playing the people, be like, "Oh, hello, like, I, hello, I, I'm here to get more information out of you." No, I mean not that. <laughs> totally normal gambler person. Yeah, because uh, they're they're both like trained spies, so that's it makes perfect sense to bring them along with this. Yeah. Because uh, Black Widow is obviously Black Widow, and then uh, Jessica used to be an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then while this is all going on, this is kind of like, uh, this is like Plan A, whereas Shang-Chi, he, he was Plan B. Because uh, while this is all going on, we see Shang-Chi take the direct approach. You just kind of see him crash into this like big circular window like, like in his tuxedo, which looks pretty cool. He's like James oh, Bond, yeah. like, bam, I'm here. Yep. And his narration's dope, too. He's like, I am calm in the raging sea. There is a newborn beast in the ocean of global mega corporations, Chimera. Chimera is here to, for the bidding. I'm here because the universe demanded it. That's fucking cool, <laughs> right? Yeah. So Shang Chi is just like fighting all these ninjas, and like there's this big kind of like guy with this like ornate kind of like uh, horned helmet. It's like very fancy. And, yeah, it looks uh, awesome. It's like a weird like like ram thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so Shang Chi is just like going like hand to hand combat with all of these guys at once, and he's like, "Good fucking luck." <laughs> There's a cool part later where we have a flashback of uh, him talking to Tony Stark too, where Tony oh, yeah. asked him like, "Do you want an Iron Man suit? Like, I can give you weapons." <laughs> and Shang Chi was like, "I am the weapon." Right. And then like later on, he's like, "Well, it's a weird age we live in, so time to adapt." And he has like this like electrified kind of like nunchuck that Tony made him. I'm like, "Hell yeah!" Right. <laughs> So this issue is just like a lot of like just fun kind of cool spy shit. Yeah. And they kind of like have a plan. They're like, no, we, we're going to go in with these different layers. Sunspot, Cannonball, you kind of go play, play the aim guys, like get the lower level guys, get them drunk, try to see what they know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to go do the spy shit. We're going to talk to the high the high bidders and try to get them to tell tell them what we know. You know, we'll try to seduce them. And uh, Captain Marvel's going to go play the tables and kind of just talk to the head guy and see what she can get out of him just like through sheer like charisma. And uh, Black Widow's like, well, I have a simpler plan. Like, why don't we just kidnap them bring them up here i'll start ripping off fingernails until they tell us what we want to know <laughs> and the host kind of look at her like uh <laughs> maybe we do something else maybe not that that's pretty hardcore <laughs> she's like oh whatever you brought did you want to bring the black widow did why did you bring me right and uh, captain marvel's like no 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 no. let's stick to the plan stick to the plan <laughs> the sunspot cannonball one is it's just kind of fun because they're just like being just like fun, like college, bo- like college frat boys, basically. Yeah, it reminded um, me of like the "It's Always Sunny" when they they go to like the uh, the Phillies like benefit. Oh, for thing. sure. <laughs> just like in a place that's like way too fancy for them. Well, maybe not for for Sunspot because he's like a millionaire. But yeah, so for, you guys want to wrestle <laughs> <laughs> for Cannonball? Certainly, this is like way too fancy for him. <laughs> um, and so like, hey, like drinks, like gambling, let's do it. And, like I love the aim guys, how they're wearing tuxedos, but they still have like their beeper masks. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're committing to the bit. Yeah. Um, but these are clearly like the lower level guys. They're talking like kind of like low level employees. Like, well, get in trouble, Jerry. Stop it. Right. But they're getting drunker and drunker. <laughs> the one thing that I wanted to call out about the art that I didn't really love about this issue is it seems like they whitewashed the shit out of uh, out of Bobby. Like, oh, really? he, like he looks like a white guy throughout this whole issue. 
And I'm yeah, like, that the, is, that's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, the shading and like lighting is kind of different throughout the whole thing, but yeah, that definitely does look a little weird. That's a problem a lot with uh, colorists in comic books, like with uh, oh, characters yeah. with dark skin, oh, they'll for always sure. brighten it. Like yep. that happened a lot with Storm and the new X-Men. It's like, it's a problem. And a lot, I don't, a lot of times they don't even do it intentionally, but yeah, it's like, yeah. it's still a problem. Like you're whitewashing that character. Yep. Uh, so that, that'd be my one complaint. But otherwise, like most of the art's pretty good here. Um, the scene that I, I think a, a really good Black Widow scene that we get here is uh, Jessica and Black Widow kind of like they do. They're doing a good job just kind of like uh, trying to seduce these high level uh, um, buyers and bring them back up to their apartment just so they can get information. And that's when they can take them out. Mm-hmm. Um, but Black Widow, as soon as she gets a moment, just fires a bullet in all four of their heads. <laughs> yeah. Boom, 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 boom. And Jessica's like, what the fuck? Like, unnecessary. <laughs> that was unnecessary. Like, she's pissed. Yeah, yeah. And um, and Black Widow's like, well, I'm sorry, Jessica. I disagree. I think it was necessary. No half measures. Yeah, and like the narration kind of shows us. Like, Black Widow doesn't defend herself here. She's just, she's just like, I don't have to explain myself to you, so I won't. Yeah, but th- we, that's what I do. Yeah, but the way we, we kind of understand why she does this from the narration, as, each, as she shoots each person, we get the shield data file on that person, and it'll be like, you know, um, Denga Batista, affiliation, the circle, church bombing, casualties, 245 dead. And like the other one is like bombing in Romania, 125 dead. Nerve gas in India, 700 dead. So these mm-hmm. were all like terrorists. Yep. And she was like, no, they had sheets. I'm doing my job. Yeah. It is her job. Yeah, and so like I think that's a really cool way to because I think that's something you got to do in a team book. You have to show oh, yeah. that all these characters are different. Yeah, they and, don't agree on everything. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes they will see things a different way and act on it. Especially because a lot of these characters are have like like high like uh, personalities. Like they're not easily going to change their mind. They they have a reason to do what they do. Oh yeah. And so Black Widow's like, no, like, these people. They deserve to die, so I killed them. Mm-hmm. Which, which kind of shows like how she's different than all these other Avengers. So I think that's a really good Black Widow scene to just kind of be like, yeah, though no, she's built different. Oh yeah. Um, but it's funny because they all kind of, in a way, fail their mission. Um, <laughs> right. Um, Sunspot, except Shang Chi. Yeah, so that's what I mean. I was going to call out. Yeah. Sunspot and Cannonball, like pretty, like they kind of make a good step here. They kind of gets these low level aim guys to change sides, which will come into play later. Um, but they don't really get their j- side of the job done either way. Um, and then Captain Marvel kind of busts out. The person she was playing turns out was... He was the buyer, not the seller. Yeah, the, the person who she was playing, she thought he was the one selling the mega weapon. He was like, oh, no, I'm here to buy. Like, I don't know who what it is. I'm just here to get it. Yep. And so the, all of them kind of come away with nothing. But then they all go back to the plane, and Shang-Chi's just sitting there already having his drink, like a celebratory drink, and he's got the helmet of the guy who he fought. It's yep. like, oh, did you guys not get your shit done? I got it all figured out. We're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to jet. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome fucking Shang-Chi issue. I love that. <laughs> Just be like, oh, you guys all fucked up. That's why you brought me. Right. Um, there's some so a couple really good issues that I like that set are set place in the um in the Savage Land. We go back to these like little kids who had grown up that kind of Hyperion, it seems like, was like starting to mentor. Yep. And uh, I like this a lot because these are some of my favorite issues because it, a lot of it's pretty much, without going over all of it, it's pretty much just all of them training the kids to have different virtues. Mm-hmm. Like Spider Woman and Hawkeye are probably doing the worst job because they're just sitting on the beach relaxing while all these kids <laughs> are climbing this giant mountain. Right. Like they'll be fine. They're doing fine. <laughs> well, at least they're not like Spider Man and telling them like not to trust people. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, this is where we get Superior Spider Man. This is the first one where it's like definitely him. Gotcha. Because it's like his job was to teach them trust, and like they were like Spider Man, teach him trust. Like you're the guy for this. Like that's you're the perfect guy for this, <laughs> right? And then it's just him being like, go up there and betray your friends. And we'll teach them <laughs> never to give their trust, right? No, that's the opposite of the lesson we want them to learn. <laughs> 
Um, but I, I like, and again, it's it's not called out specifically. Hickman just lets that exist, like Superior Spider-Man. He puts you in the shoes of the other Avengers who don't yep. know what's happening. Yeah, exactly. Um, so just like, the, Peter's acting weird. Okay. Nah. We got a lot of shit on our plate. We'll yeah. worry about that we'll, later. We'll put a pin in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but wait, what makes these issues really great are the interactions between Thor and Hyperion. Oh, like, yeah. That's the bread and butter Hands of these two down. issues. Yeah. Because it's just these two the gods. Like, essentially, yep. just if you don't have a good understanding or a good background on Hyperion, just imagine it's Superman. Because yep. any of these much. scenes are just, you could replace it with Superman pretty oh, much. Yeah. The background's a little different, but it's so similar that, like, you you know what character you're getting here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, like, him, like, sitting, like, with their two capes. Like, I like that they are, they're two of the caped heroes, too. Like, most of the uh, heroes in the Avengers don't have capes, but oh, they yeah. do, because they're the gods. Yeah, they're the OGs. Yeah. Like, they're the ones who are, like, the heroes above heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of have these conversations just kind of, like, being uh, brought down to Earth. Like, Thor is like, uh, you're human. Like, don't you want to have a family, have kids? And he's like, I, at first, like, I, I don't think I ever wanted that. But he kind of, like, comes around. He's like, maybe I do. And Thor's like, well, do you don't think, like, you know, having a family and having all these loved ones who could be taken away from you would be weakness? He's like, no, I don't. Like, I, I think... Uh, for once, I think it might be my strength. Yeah, and like learn like raising these like little kind of like zebra kids. He's learned that like he's like he has a really good uh, couple lines here where he goes up to teach them a lesson. He's like, I think I've understood like finally understood what my role is here as a hero. Like I, I no one can kill me. Like I can't be defeated. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty much unstoppable. So I I'm a man without need. And what the way he explains it here, he's like a man asked earlier if one needs nothing, does he dream of anything? And he's like, I think he does. He dreams of a world without need. To be given is to know what it is to give. We know virtue because while there, while we may not suffer, we hear the suffering of those around us, and our calling is to end that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really good line, not just to describe heroes, but it's almost like a really good kind of symbolism for like white privilege too. Oh, where it's yeah. like yeah, we don't, we're not the ones who suffer from this. It's our job to fix the pe- like help the people who are suffering from this because we're in a position where we're not being actively harmed by it, so we have the freedom to push back yeah exactly so that it's all about like if you're in a position like if you're in a comfortable position where you're living the good life your job then should be to help everyone pull everyone else up to that level and help them like that's a really good fucking message for this kind of like superman character like hickman's hyperion is fucking awesome i was gonna say like i'd never seen or heard of hyperion before these and like just in these couple issues where he's like prominent in like already made me oh yeah he's definitely one of the best characters in this run okay 100 percent. yeah that makes total sense um, there's a brief little, like, uh, side bit with, like, the high evolutionary that I'm mostly gonna skip over. It was basically, mainly just to get some punchy punchies in here, I think. Yeah. Um, the high evolutionary is kind of a boring character, honestly. Um, his job is just kind of, like, to show up and, like, ex- do weird experiments to try to get things to evolve. Yep. Um, so it makes sense why you'd use him here, because he ties in super well with everything that's happening. Yeah, he kind of just, like, comically inserts himself. He's just like, I know what I'll do. I'll use these energy kids as batteries. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, great. (laughs) But it does give us a cool scene where he, like, resurrects this, like, giant robot, which I think is from the- Terminus, uh, yeah. yeah, I think he's from, like, an old Avengers issue that I I wasn't familiar with. Okay. But you don't really need to know. It's just a giant robot that the Avengers now have to fight. Yep. But it gives us a really cool thing for, like, Thor and Hyperion to team up with. Because Hyperion's like, Thor, do you need my help with this thing? He's like, no, you go for the battery. Like, I believe we'll fight many great battles together and we'll fell many giants. Mm -hmm. But I'm Thor. Like, I was born to fell giants. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's, a great fucking line. That's kind of my thing. Yeah, he's like, I've fought giants my whole life. Mm -hmm. (sighs) 
Like, that's a really cool fucking line. Like, again, he just understands these characters and their backgrounds and kind of, like, what they would feel about things really well. Yep. Uh, Hyperion goes and, like, fucks up the high, evo- uh, the high Evolutionary, gives him the fucking business. Thor, and they ca- kind of combine for the kill on this giant robot. Thor calls down the lightning while Hyperion, like, flies through his head and rips his robotic brain out of his head. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really cool fucking page. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, the final line is him kind of mentioning what we said earlier. It's like, no, I, I think I might want to have, like, a family or at least help, like, raise, you know, other people. Like, help help other people. Like, maybe don't, I won't be a dad, but I'll help other people, like, people who need it. Mm-hmm. Like, he understands now that that's not weakness. Like, having loved ones is a strength. Yep. And they're kind of, like, having this conversation. The art's really great here. There's, like, having this conversation on the lake, like, just, like, wind flowing through their capes while this, like, corpse of this giant they felled is still, like, standing in the background with, like, a giant hole in its head. Yeah, it's that's an awesome shot. Just a shot. really good fucking page. Oh, yeah. And he has a great line, too, because he's, like... Earlier, he said, like, we're, all, we always, we're always defined by our greatest moment. You know, there's always an event in our life where it's a before and an after, mm-hmm. like a big event that defines us. But I don't think that the destruction of my world is my big event anymore. I think now the new event, the one that really I think about all the time, is that day I gained a new world. Like, mm-hmm. damn it, that's uh, so good. <laughs> right. Um, but, the, yeah, the rest of these issues are going to um, officially be the setup for this new event, which is going to be Infinity. Um, we get a little bit of it here. These pods that X Nilo is sending are starting to, it seems like, accomplish their mission. Like, uh, in India, these kind of, like, four-faced, like, stone giants are starting to, like, build something. Um, but it keeps, like, kind of, like, knocking out technology. So the Avengers have to keep going and stopping, like, planes from crashing and shit. Um, and so, like, okay, like, they're doing something here that they think is helping, but it's fucking everything up. Um, and this is all tied in with what's going on in AIM Island as we saw, they took one of those pods back to their base at AIM Island. <laughs> one of the AIM guys is like, we wanted to see what would happen if we took that uh, that sound that we're hearing and played it back to it like a lullaby over and over. <laughs> She's like, why the fuck would you do that? <laughs> that's the worst thing you could have done. That's a terrible idea. And he's like, oh, we wanted to see what would happen. Shit, that's our motto. Oh, fuck. Right. Uh, and yeah, this, this is kind of a, a cool couple issues where Bruce Banner is... Uh, back kind of at the base doing Bruce Banner stuff. He's trying to solve this code of what's going on with all of these creatures and like what the signal is that's being broadcast while the rest of the Avengers go into India and just kind of try to stop this thing from being built because it keeps, it's killing lots of people when all these machines just get dropped out of the sky, obviously. Yep. A really cool action sequence that I thought was really dope because this whole thing is kind of building up this tension of like the Avengers are trying to like hold off these bugs and these giants while Bruce Banner is like against the clock trying to figure out how to stop this from happening so that we, the Avengers can be saved. So Bruce Banner's like working overtime. Like we have to solve this. The Avengers are going to die. And like he finally does figure it out. He's like, Cap, I think I got it. I think I figured this out. And then uh, there's a really cool, this Captain America throws, or sorry, Thor throws his hammer, knocks out the last one. Hyperion throws a punch. Superior Spider-Man wraps one of them up and captain america's like no need i think we're done here it's like, oh <laughs> shit they just fucking killed them all right. damn <laughs> like this they brought the a team to be fair i mean you got hyperion spider-man captain america thor hawkeye wolverine black widow sunspot cannibal shang chi they brought the heavy hitters oh yeah and it kind of ends like on a cliffhanger here. We kind of speaking of sword. I'm glad we brought it up at the very beginning of the podcast here. Speaking of sword, we kind of see them as they kind of like get these readings of like, wait, there's like ships coming and like um, towards Earth. Like, who are they? And like, it's kind of like a ship filled with scrolls, which is a mystery we'll leave for now. Yeah. Um, it kind of seems like there's uh some kind of there's shits going down in space is basically what they're setting up here. Like something's happening in space that we don't fully know what's happening yet. Um, and we just kind of see like it's like something big is happening. We see like this big kind of robot with like an empty kind of like laser head flying down into Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where we'll leave Avengers for now. Um, it's basically setting up for a giant cosmic event that's about to happen. Like shit is going down. 
Uh, but that'll take us to the single issue of New Avengers that is in this reading order. Uh, New Avengers number seven. Um, it is kind of strange how unevenly that's cut up, but it, I'm glad to come back to this book because I, I adore New Avengers. Oh, yeah. Um, where we left them, it, Black Swan is still imprisoned. Uh, just to recap a little bit, because, I mean, we talked about this last week. Black Swan was the one who came from the other universe, and the Illuminati is using her as kind of like their only like reference for what's happening. Like yeah. She knows the most by far. Oh, yeah. But they don't really know. Like, like She kind of views it as like a religious event that's happening. So they can't really tell like what she's basing on myth and what is like scientific fact. They're mm-hmm. trying to like figure out where the line is there yep um and so they kind of like they're uh they send each person to kind of talk to her individually i mean each person except for dr strange because she said like don't talk to me sorcerer like, yeah spat at him. <laughs> not fans yeah um but like beast makes some some headway with her like kind of like get building her trust whereas uh dr strange we only see him for one panel in this issue doing something very mysterious he's just surrounded by demons like meditating in a circle yeah she's like i'm a little busy yeah he's doing something yeah. he's getting something ready oh yeah um, but this issue actually is not even about the uh, incursions, really. No, it's yeah. about because uh, they actually mentioned like the incurs- incursions haven't happened in a while. Like we haven't had one for like three days. You think that's weird? Yeah, which is very concerning. To yeah, them. Reed Richards is like, yeah, that worries me. Yeah, it kind of seems like a really big one's probably coming. Right. <laughs> um, but this issue is actually all about Black Panther and Namor. Because we saw at the beginning of this run, like, tensions were already high between them. Like, they had just fought, like, a a war between those two countries, and it didn't go well for either one of them. Yeah, Black Panther brings up again that uh, he reminded Namor that once all this is done, he's going to kill him. Yep. Um, But this is all delivered kind of in flashback. I don't even think this happened in another book. I think this is just, like, him kind of fast-forwarding, like, you're getting us caught up. Oh, yeah. This all happened in between. He's like, while we've been doing all this, shit's been going down. Like, a Wakandan strike team went and captured several Atlantean generals and tried to bring them back but in retaliation the atlanteans uh, took like a wakandan ambassador and that one kind of went south and they accidentally ended up killing them all yep um and so wakanda kind of sent divers in to go after uh atlantis but they got ambushed and they got attacked so now both sides have been bloodied and it looks like a war is like about to happen between these two countries again yeah not looking good which is pretty awkward for the illuminati because black panther and uh, namor are still technically like working together (laughs) yeah and namor even like is that stakes are high yeah and Namor even shows up at the Necropolis, the city of the dead in Wakanda, where Black Panther pretty much lives now because he's not the uh, the leader. He's not the king of Wakanda right now. Yeah, yeah. His sister is. Namor goes up to him. He's like, listen, like, I know it's not the time for this. Uh, he doesn't say it in so kind of words because yeah. it's Namor. He's, dead. he's all about power. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he says, like, I like this war doesn't have to happen. Like, I'll tell you right now, like, w- w- Wakanda won't win, but I'll give you an offer one time. I'll sue for peace. We can just end it here. Mm. Like, honestly, I think I'm making a fair offer. We can just call it quits. And uh, Black Panther's like, I don't think Shuri's going to go for that. Like, I don't think she's going to agree with me. Yep. And uh, he eventually does take the offer. He's like, if you want to pitch peace, do it through the proper channels. I can't bring it up or this will be be more suspicious. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you want to do that, fine. And they kind of just have this discussion or um, uh, he says, like, all right, fine. Consider it done. You're welcome. Yeah. Black Panther's just like grumble. <laughs> There's a really cool scene too here where uh, Doctor Strange and so he is more in this issue. I lied. Yeah, yeah. Um, Doctor Strange and Reed Richards go to meet with Doctor Doom at Latveria at Castle Doom, and it's really cool that these are the two characters that they decided to send because they're the two who Doctor Doom is probably the most favorable towards. Oh yeah, like which is odd to say about Reed, but they, their relationship is very complicated. Yeah, yeah, they hate each other, but it's also like it's, res- in, it's in a, a way it's respect. almost like the one person you trust. Yeah, yeah. it's weird. For sure. Um, and then Doctor Strange and, and Doctor Doom have a deep, back, like, layered backstory. There used to be a Marvel tradition where every Halloween they'd, like, tell a story of Doctor Strange and uh, Doctor Doom going into hell. Gotcha. Uh, one of them's very famous, uh, Triumph and Torment, which everyone should read. Yep. Uh, Is written- that the one that 
you have because I've read yep. one of them written by Roger Stern and actually uh, art by Mike Mignola. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, this is Doctor Doom having them over for dinner because Doctor Doom kind of seems a little bit insecure here that he doesn't know what's going on and mm-hmm. he can tell they're keeping secrets from him and he's insulted. Yeah. Like if he found <laughs> out they were doing an Illuminati without him, right? Oh, he'd be very pissed. He'd be very pissed. You think you can do an Illuminati without <laughs> Doom? Well, I'm gonna make a better Illuminati. <laughs> Yeah, and he's, like, trying to get information out of him, and uh, they're being very just kind of, like, coy with him. Like, tell me what's going on. What happened with that big blue light in that planet and <laughs> that invasion that I know I saw? Yep. And, Doctor, and he's like, I saw you on the cameras. I can see everything that happens in that area. I know you guys were here. I know it, and you know I know it. And Doctor Strange is like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> like, and he just smashes the table. He's like, don't talk to me like I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> Because like that's the that's the thing you're gonna do that's gonna piss him off the most. He's yep. like, you, you will treat me with respect. Don't fucking lie to my face. Yep. And uh, Reed Richards is like Victor, like, sure, we're hiding something from you. We're not gonna tell you though. This is a game you're not involved in yet. Yeah. So thank you for the dinner, but don't contact us about this again. Yeah. Like you just gotta trust us yep. for right and, now. And they teleport out, and it's just like. I'm going to make this about me, damn it. And he does. Oh, does he? I, I'm just waiting for it. Oh, yeah. No, Dr. Doom takes this whole event. He's like, this is about me now. I was going to say, he because he definitely took that altercation personally. Yep. And he, from now on, he's going to be a huge fucking part Great. of the story. One of yeah. the biggest parts of this story okay. from this point on. Because Doom learned about something, and he was like, fuck you. I'm involved now. Yep. Um, the, the rest of this kind of sets up some things that we'll talk about moving forward in Infinity. We see the Inhumans, who we haven't touched on in a while, um, Black Bolt has not been in touch with the Illuminati. He's been doing his own thing in these three days. We see him just kind of mysteriously sitting with his uh, brother. I don't need to go too much over the the um, the Inhumans here, but what you need to know is Black Bolt is the king of the Inhumans, and his brother Maximus is uh, uh, he's a little off. He's kind of like a mad schemer um, who's kind of like a Loki type, but more unpredictable. Okay. Um, and he, so that's what's weird about him sitting here building a bomb. And he's like, oh, I'm building a bomb. What fun. What fun. Oh, this is going to destroy everything. What an evil plan. I only wish it was my evil plan. But it's yours, isn't it, brother? He's like, oh, all you have to do is tell me to stop. I'll stop building the big scary bomb if, if you tell me, brother. And Black Bolt just sits there in silence. And he's like, oh, nothing? Very well. Let's burn it all down. He's like, I love Maximus here because he's so excited. Right. He's like, I never thought you'd go evil with me, bro. I'm so happy. We can <laughs> I, finally do this together, bro. Gonna enjoy this moment. <laughs> Look at this family. I mean, uh, and do you like Lockjaw here? Have I was you, gonna say. Have you yeah. seen Lockjaw before? I I, yeah. I haven't seen it in a comic, but I've seen it like in passing. Yeah, he's one of the Inhumans. He's a big teleporting good boy. Gotcha. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, and then we see like all these bombs that the Illuminati's been building that uh, Black Panther and uh, Reed have been re- uh, building. Yeah, and they have like an armory of these things. Yeah, now. It's stocked up. Like they built one and felt terrible, and now they have a fucking arsenal. <laughs> yeah, like this is like when this you is see like Lockheed and Martin. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like they're in the weapon making business now. And the final scene we leave it on is um, this war council between the Wakandans, where Black Panther is. Trying to like subtly hint that like maybe this war isn't a good idea. Like we just fought a war and it was really bad. Like we're gonna go right back into that. Things are gonna get worse. Yeah. Like we could really suffer for this. And Shuri is kind of like Shuri is all about like honor. At least like the comic book. The movie version is much 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 different yeah, yeah. than the comic book version of Shuri. Shuri in this is uh, very like uh, traditional. Like she's very much like the leader you'd expect to be in charge of a country. Yeah. Where she's like, no, we just got attacked. Like we need to show them strength. It's Old Testament. Yeah. Exactly. Blood for blood. Yep. Yeah. She's very much blood for blood, and she like goes to the other leaders, and the other leaders are kind of saying the same thing. Like we we can't be disrespected. They attacked the Golden City. Yeah. Like that's that, that's a fortress. Yeah, we've, we've never been defeated. Yeah. Exactly. Like if people can know they can just walk into the Golden City and kill Wakandans, where does it stop? Yeah. And Shuri's like, all right, well, I have my answer. 
we go to war. And Black yep. Panther's just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Yep. And that's where we'll leave it. That sets us up for Infinity next week, which is going to be a lot of fucking... Infinity is one of my favorite Marvel events ever. The only one that I would probably top it with would be Secret War, which is the second event in the Hickman Avengers. Gotcha. <laughs> so, yeah. I was going to say, I'm, I'm pumped for to see uh, like another comic Thanos, because the only comic Thanos I've read actually is the Donny Cates one. Oh no, this uh, Hickman writes a great Thanos. I would imagine. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it's really really cool. You're going to you're going to like it a lot. Hell yeah. Um so yeah, that'll be where we'll leave it uh for now. Next week we'll pick it up with uh the first issue will be Infinity number 1 and we'll start out with that Thanos stuff. Uh real briefly here we're going to talk about uh Age of Ultron as well. Uh like I said, we don't have a lot to say about this movie. It has been long dissected. Yeah. Um but we did rewatch it. We rewatched it a couple days ago. Um I think I came away thinking like a little bit more positively than I was thinking I was. For sure, yeah. Um, but again, it's it's a it's I can tell it's not like a good movie. It's just a movie that I enjoy enjoy. Yeah, like I enjoy watching it. It's just fun to watch if you love all these characters already. Yeah, like, like it starts out really strong, like just as far as just enjoying it goes. Like it's right. nothing like groundbreaking or thought. Or it's super a fun like popcorn but... flick. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I, like it's a kind of disappointing plot because it's basically just like. Iron Man accidentally creates a monster and then they have to go stop it. Yeah. Like, there's not really a great, like, theme or message. And then, or, literally, like, yeah. the way they stop it is just by creating another doing, doing robot? the exact thing they <laughs> yeah. did. So, like, the weakest part of this movie is by far the plot. Like, that's oh, yeah. the worst part, definitely. Yeah. Like, I think the writing, um, like, at least the script writing, like, the character dialogue is, yeah, all, is pretty strong. Dialogue's strong as hell, yeah. Yeah, I think they do a good job of having characters kind of react, like, uh, how they would react and saying things that kind of make sense on their background where you're like, oh, shit, like, they would think that way. Like, that makes a lot of sense. Like, it's fun to see them talk with each other. Yeah. Especially because it's only the second Avengers movie. Yeah, totally. Um, so I think those parts are really fun. Like, like, there's an argument right when Ultron breaks free where, like, Thor grabs Iron Man and then they all have, like, a big argument about it. I think that's a really good scene it's well written mm-hmm. um i think it was a little bit better than like the arguments they had in like the first movie where it sounded very forced of them just like having to hate each other all the time yeah for because sure they're just getting together and like well they can't be friends yet i'm like why not <laughs> yeah totally and um, i mean yeah that's a little bit because it's like yeah the first movie obviously yeah, but... they want it to be like yeah can these people get along <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah, that, that works a little bit better in this movie i do kind of like the idea that it it steps in right as they're already an established Avengers team. Because in the Avengers, it kind of seemed like they were forming for a mission. So in this movie, we kind of get the idea of, like, yeah, they're a team who goes and does missions together. I think that was kind of cool, just hinting at, like, more work that was done in the background. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, one of my biggest takeaways was, I don't know if it was just this movie specifically, but and obviously all Marvel movies are guilty of this, but there was, like, way more product placement than I, that I like, actually noticed than there is in any other movie. I no, this like. is going to be like, wait, it's all product placement? It always was. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. It's in every movie, it's just this time we noticed it really yeah, badly. <laughs> they, they were a lot more lazy about it. It was a lot more blatant. Like, literally... And like the biggest sin in it, the biggest sin in it is like there's the crazy opening title sequence animation, and then it immediately cuts to a shot of I think like Banner wearing Beats by Dre headphones. That's a really bad like, one. It's just a straight close up. It's like oh god, they like, did not even. You try. can buy better headphones. You're not telling me Tony Stark has some really great headphones <laughs> you can use. Like I just imagine like Tony Tony going over to Bruce like, hey, you're, you're sure you want to use those Beats? Those are kind of shitty headphones. Hey, I bought these. These are fashion. <laughs> right. Okay, Bruce, whatever. No, these are the best on the market. <laughs> They look cool. Let me have this. <laughs> um, I think, uh, yeah, the, the thing I, I think Vision is uh, pretty cool in this movie. I, I don't love the the twins like Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. I don't think they were strong in this movie. I no. think they get better. Like, oh, Scarlet Quicksilver doesn't get better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the X-Men movies, it was great. Oh, sure. Um, but yeah, Scarlet Witch, her best stuff is still to come. Oh, yeah. I think in this movie, it was just kind of like 
the introduction. I had totally forgot that they made, well, like, with this introduction of Scarlet Witch, how they started out with, like, making her more of, like, a horror character, where, like, they did, like, the like the ring, weird, like, twitchy movement. I almost wish we could have gotten more of that. Honestly, like, no, I enjoyed it. They ditched that super quickly. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely. Um, and then another thing they ditched very quickly was the whole romance between uh, the Hulk that's and the, Scarlet. Honestly, probably the worst part of this movie, uh, Whedon writes a fucking terrible Black Widow. I, it's, it's, it's really bad. bad. It's really bad. Um, <laughs> it's, he t- like, but yeah, ha- having these two characters be in a relationship is so random. Like, they have no chemistry together at all. It's so forced. Yeah, like, it's it, very forced. And I had totally, like, erased from my memory that a fucking Stark has the whole hide the zucchini line. Yeah. <laughs> That is just the laziest joke I've like ever heard in my life. It's just the, like the biggest like undercut. Yeah. Oh man, the big the biggest problem with this movie is Joss Whedon. And like, that, yeah. let's get that out of the way. Joss Whedon's kind of a garbage person, filled with Whedonism. Yeah, yeah. And he, like not only with the Whedonisms, but also like you can tell like just kind of the way he thinks, like the way his brain turns just spills over into the tone oh, yeah. of this movie. Well, what's it called? Like the Whedon factor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you're gonna get like these fucking forced jokes. Like you're gonna get like you know like. Like these weird, like weird character moments. Like, see, that's the worst part. Is like, I think if a different director had this with the same screenplay, we could have gotten a stronger movie. Oh yeah. But they're also the the, uh, the a big problem with this movie is it doesn't have like a central theme. Mm-mm. It really doesn't. Like, it's I guess kind of meant to be like. Uh, the man was not meant to meddle, but then at the end they do it again and it works. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, they basically that wasn't the just message. Completely nixed their like main message of the movie, right? Because at first I thought the message was like Captain America, we'll do it together, like work with work as a team. And then yeah. again they go in secret and make another robot. Yeah, like, I mean it's uh, yeah, it's kind of like a setup for like Civil War and what's to come later, like with Tony and them like not completely trusting each other and doing shady shit behind their backs. Right, but... that's the problem with setting up for other movies though. If you're not going to have a theme for yeah, this one, yeah. yeah, make this a movie still and then build off it later. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take the pieces of it and build something new. Yeah, because Ultron, like, James Bader does a great job as Ultron, but, like, they kind of just make him just, like, an edgy, kind of, like, just, like, in-your-face, like, bad guy. Yeah. And, and it's just like, oh, I'm just going to blow up the world to make it better. Like, mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of as far as it goes. Yeah, it, it's yeah. very, very simple. Um, It's kind of... A- it's a waste of a very good performance. Like, oh, yeah. If Ultron had just been a little bit different, James Spader could have knocked it out of the park. Dear Lord, and whoever made the final green light on that, like, mouth weird metal lip design for Ultron. Yeah. Because the design isn't bad. It's just the lips, the metal lips that move. Why oh, do it's the, so creepy. Why do the Ultron robots look better than Ultron himself? Oh, yeah. The Ultron easily. robots actually look like Ultron. Yeah, it looks like, great. Like, they look like comic book Ultron, even. Yeah, the, the best, like, uh, version of Ultron in that movie is the first one when he first wakes up and he's got, like, the wires hanging and off yeah. and he's like leaking oil like that's mm-hmm. the coolest one yeah so it basically just turns into like a giant sky fight and they it's the most boring of all the big fights because oh, yeah. it's just them fighting a bunch of robots which yep. like oh I it's don't literally I just a horde really don't care no. I really really don't care <laughs> it's, it's pretty boring yeah I mean you get a cool like triple combo with uh like Thor's lightning and Iron Man's guess, beam like, and Vision's beam. Combine the beams. Yeah, it's I'm not super. It's very about that. Dragon Ball Z, but <laughs> yeah. like, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's a cool moment. Yeah, um, I, I think the the things that are. Uh, the best things about this movie are kind of the things that uh, it added, like Vision yeah. uh, is a great addition, Scarlet, Scarlet Witch. Witch is a great addition. Um, I kind of hope Ultron comes back at some point, because I want them to kind of do co- more cool things with the character, like James Spader playing a great character. Honestly, um, that would be cool, yeah. because like the end of the movie, where it's pretty much like uh, we're led to believe that uh, Vision basically just like assimilated him. 
Or like, uh, I don't even think we're led to believe him. that. I think we're led to believe he kills him, but it could be that he assimilated him or like put him in the Mind Stone or something. Yeah, crazy. yeah, like melded him with his own consciousness. Yeah, I, I think so. He could be like chilling in there somewhere. Yeah, they left it open. Like there, there was one of those things where it was like we don't know what we want to do with this character yet, so he dies off screen. Yeah, <laughs> maybe like he can be dead. It's it's easy to say just he died. Yeah, or we could also, just forget about it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like what they did with Red Skull, where they let him die yeah. mysteriously and then had him show up again later because just because they could because they left that thread open. Yep. Yeah, so I think my main takeaway from this movie is because I saw like actually uh, weirdly uh, as we were about to watch this movie, it for some reason got trending on Twitter, and like a bunch of people I know, were rewatching I saw that it. Too, yeah, yeah, um, and everyone's like, "Wait, is this an, an underrated movie? Is this actually a masterpiece?" And I'm like, "That's taking it way too yeah, far. Yeah, that's that's a leap. Yeah, that's like that's like when you're watching way too many Marvel movies and you don't you've lost perspective. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, is this the best yeah, thing like, ever made? It's like I'll admit, like it's an enjoyable movie. Like it really only massively falls apart like visually at the end like the last 30 minutes it's a really really good movie if you just like kind of popcorn superhero fan service yeah for sure i'm being very reductive there and i mean it to be reductive but i'm also i don't mean it to be insulting necessarily no i enjoy fan service popcorn superheroes bullshit yeah for sure i'm not gonna sit here and call it high art no (laughs) but it's not unwatchable it is what it is it's a it's a there's worse ways to spend a couple hours you're gonna see a lot of audis (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you will. Yeah, the product. Going back to the product placement, I think the most egregious one for me. Oh my god, yes. Yeah, because <laughs> I'll, listen, I'll accept it when it's like Tony Stark driving up, pulling on a up to his mansion. Because like that one is at least in universe is not taking me out of the scene. Yeah. Because I kind of believe Tony in a little bit wants to show off his fancy. Oh, car. for sure. So a scene showing off the fancy car, I'll take it there. I yep. I understand what they're doing. You're not fooling me. No. But I'll take it because it's not taking me out of the scene. You're not insulting me. The one that took me out of the scene and insulted me <laughs> was Black Widow and Hawkeye driving an Audi through. This ruined city, yeah, like, that's floating somehow, in midair, avoiding every obstacle somehow. <laughs> like this isn't a fucking Humvee. Yeah, <laughs> it is absolutely insane. Like they're just driving this perfectly shined fucking convertible. Like oh yeah, yeah, and every because the whole like chunk of that Earth has already been lifted off the ground, and explosions yeah. have been happening everywhere. <laughs> every other car is like completely dusted and charred yeah. over, and they're like avoiding every obstacle, <laughs> driving through in this perfectly clean fucking Audi. Look how well this car maneuvers. <laughs> <laughs> you can even drive through a floating ruined city. <laughs> Like that one took me out of it. Oh, literally, God, the whole bad. they just all it is is like they're driving in the convertible for about like five seconds, having like a joke about like, "Ooh, should we build a new kitchen in Hawkeye's home?" Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's, then, it's very. Cringe. And then they drive this car for like five seconds and then get out and walk. <laughs> Like, they barely make any ground. It's just no, so... it's only there to show oh, off the convertible. Man. It's it's really blatant. Oh, God, it's bad. Um, And then, yeah, I don't think Nick Fury had to be in this movie at all. No. Like, it gives it's just a fan service. You could have explained a million ways the civilians could have escaped. You didn't have to be that. No. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't they the literally whole- could have pressed a button for, like, that's the shield airplane evac button. Well, and also, keep in mind, this movie happens after uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah. Do you don't think Captain America would be a little pissed that Nick Fury kept one of those helicarriers? <laughs> yeah, He was right? very upset about those things. He was very upset about That was the about first it. thing he said was, like, building these pisses me off. Yeah. Like, this, isn't, this isn't safety. This is fear. Nazis and, built those. Yeah. And Nick Fury's like, but I can keep one, right? <laughs> I swear it's just for personal use. I swear I'm just going to use it for lifeboats, even though there's lots of guns on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> lots of guns. Oh, uh, so yes. Um, yeah. There's a lot of things you can pick apart about this movie, but I think, again, there's worse ways to spend two hours. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think it's the worst thing ever made. I think that's also going too far. Mm-hmm. I think people just need to be okay with saying this movie's okay. 
Yeah, it definitely gets a lot more flack than it deserves, but it shouldn't be like praised. Yeah, that's the thing. Some <laughs> movies are okay. Some movies are a six out of ten. Yep. And sometimes you just gotta be okay saying that. You don't yeah. have to polarize every opinion. Yeah. Oh, for sure. This movie is a solid five point five, six out of ten. And I mean that is it's slightly above an average popcorn movie. Oh yeah. Slightly. Slightly. Yes. And I mean that. I'm doing a little uh, finger motion here, slightly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's Age of Ultron. Next week, we're going to be talking about uh, Infinity Part 1 for the Hickman Avengers, and we're going to be talking about Infinity War. I yep. guess also Part 1. Yeah. Uh, essentially. Part so 1. join us next time for The Assembling. Oh, yes. Yes.